Hey, what's up, guys? Back back with another Front Row Sports episode. I'm Will. I'm here with Matt today. What it do, what it do? We're going to cover some NBA topics today. Um, first off, Matt, I kind of wanted to cover um, the Lakers and Celtics. Um, we'll start uh, We'll start with the Showtime Lakers today. What do you think? What do you think about them? You know, they're leading the Western Conference right now. So what are they, like 9-2 right now? Um, Yeah, I think as nine, of right yeah, now, 9-2. Yeah, they nine just beat the Warriors last night. Yep. So, yeah, so... I'm a little impressed. After losing to the Clippers in that first game, I was unsure how they were going to handle, but Rondo coming back, the Heat played well the other night. I think he had five, five, seven, and nine. I mean, he came in really well with that second group and played at a high level. Um, overall, I mean, Anthony Davis has been playing at a high level. LeBron's actually been surprising me. I mean, you know LeBron's going to do what he does, but he's been had already had four triple-doubles this season. That's pretty impressive. Uh I don't know how the how it's gonna last though because those guys tend to get injury prone, especially LeBron this last year and Anthony Davis. I mean, he's been averaging sixty playing sixty games in his career out on average. So I'm curious to see how he'll maintain. But right now they're looking promising. Yeah, you know I uh, I tend to agree. Um, super early question here. Do we think based off of what they're built like right now that they're they're ready for make to make a deep playoff run? It's it's tough to gauge that because we don't know what we're seeing from the other Western Conference teams. Like, I mean, you got to think the Jazz, they're still even competitive at this point. I mean, we haven't even seen a full dosage at the Clippers yet. Like, I mean, Paul George just came back tonight, had a score 33 points in 24 minutes. It was a pretty great game out of him. They, they've Him and Kawhi haven't even played together yet. They haven't yeah. had their full roster together. I mean, there's some competitive teams out in the West, but I mean, if – if they can stay healthy, which I don't, that's a big question mark for me. Then, if they can stay healthy, they can make a deep run at this for sure. Yeah, you know, um, we'll touch more on Paul George later, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, once they once they get going, they'll be they'll be hard to beat. Um, okay, so what about what about LeBron James, the point guard? You know, he's kind of kind of transitioning into this point guard role um, at this stage of his career. Do you think this is the best thing for the Lakers? Um, would it be better off if he wasn't? Um, what's your thoughts? I mean, at this rate, this is the best they have because you got to think, I mean, who else is going to be running point guard? Like, I'm, they might be having a good thing with Rondo running that second unit. And then I, at that first game of the year, LeBron looked like kind of like a ball stopper playing point guard. It was a really slow paced. It wasn't looking that great. But ever since that first game, they've really gotten the ball rolling, and he's been distributing the ball. He He's a player that has likes to have the ball in his hands because, I mean, he's – not the greatest shooter. I mean, he can knock down the three-pointer, but, like, having him play off ball doesn't really do you any good. He's a playmaker. He's one of the best passers in the league. You need He needs the ball in his hand. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely good. Okay, so, you know, we kind of took a lot of time there with the Lakers. Uh, we'll move on. What do you think? Is it out of the realm of possibility for the Celtics to win 67 games this year? <sighs> So as a Celtics fan, this has been a great start to the season. I was not expecting it to be this well this quick, but they've been they've had some easier games, but they've also played they, they beat the Mavericks by they pre- beat them pretty handily. I think they beat them by about 12. Um they beat the Spurs like that they that game wasn't close. They beat them by about 20. And then they've beat the great comeback one against the Bucks. That's a, they're always tough to play. And they lost to the Sixers the first game of the year, but I mean, it's the first game of the year. All these guys knew. Well, Kemba 
first game with the whole team. I mean, but that they're playing really well together and they all complement each other. It's if you check the stats, there's four guys averaging around twenty points a game, and if you can have that, that is tough. And especially you got guys coming off the bench playing well, Grant Williams. Carson Edwards, he was knocking out some threes yesterday against, uh, I think they played, uh, who did they play yesterday? I don't uh, have that for you. Yeah, no, but they, they, uh, he played pretty well yesterday, but overall Tatum had 21, great game, oh, they played the Wizards, but yeah, so it was, they're playing well, Kemba, he, I honestly have enjoyed him, this isn't even me being a hater on Kyrie, but he just distributes the ball a lot better than Ky- Ky- Kyrie just needed the ball in his hands too much which I think affected guys like Tatum and honestly Hayward too but what's your thoughts on that Will? Yeah um, you know I like to I like to quote very wise people <laughs> a wise guy once said you know um, 67 wins lots of high fives ice on the knees every guy on the bench is standing up when the 12th man dunks with two minutes left in the game <laughs> I think we could see that out of the out of the Celtics this year. I think Bill Simmons might have just been a year early on that. Um but you know, I I think they're going to win the East this year. I I just think they've got the talent. They're going to be better top to bottom than the Bucks. I don't know that they have um I say that they have the most talent, but at the same time, you know, the 76ers roster is pretty deep, but I just think that the 76ers roster um they don't have that it factor. They don't have that guy that's going to really um, will them to a victory in a game seven the way that I think um, Tatum could or, you know, just well, one of those kind of guys. Well, they well they do, but, it. I mean, we're if we were talking about a guy that can will the, them to victory, it'd be Joel Embiid. But, I mean, he's had a history of always being hurt, how well is he conditioned. I mean, you can't rely on a guy like Ben Simmons who has – Everyone's been saying how he can shoot the three ball this year, but how many times have you seen him spot up for a three-pointer? I know he just had an injury, so he's been coming off that, but still he has not really been still looking to shoot as much. Not saying he needs to be spotting up, but he hasn't even attempted a three yet this season, and we're already 11 games in. So, like, when is it going to be time? Because before you know it, it's going to be the all-star break, then playoffs are around the corner, and it's not time to be testing out stuff like that. This is where you – find out where you are so yeah I agree they don't really got three they don't got that guy to go get them a bucket late yeah you know I just keep coming back to how long does it teach how long does it take you to learn how to shoot a three in the NBA you're a professional basketball player these guys get paid millions of dollars to play all year round and to craft what they do and to not be able to shoot at least a 15 footer Ben Simmons is afraid to take a mid-range jump shot when he was at in high school, he could shoot the ball, and in college, he could shoot the ball. And I'm just wondering what happened when he got to the league. I mean, there you can't tell me that their their training staff just ruined him. I, it just makes no sense. I think it's a mental game for him. And I mean, he's he's still a great player in the league, but he's just missing that one factor that would just make him unguardable. I mean, it's you don't find every day a six ten guard distributing the ball that well, being able to finish that well. Is it's hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about a lot of teams um that are at the top of their uh conferences, you know, let's let's kinda switch gears here. What's going on with the Warriors? You know, got you know, they were last year, you know, they were up there in the West, you know, their their dominance the past five years. 
Is this just going to be a one-year thing, kind of blip? Do you think they'll be right back at it next year? Or do you think this is kind of the beginning of the end for them? Um, So I don't think that this is the end for them by any means. They just kind of hit the injury bug, and I just don't – for this year, what's best for them is just a tank. I, I would put Steph off for the year, even though it's looking like he's going to return in February, which at that point I don't see a purpose because – them winning games is not hurt helping their draft stock at all. I know it's a lottery and any team can get the first pick, but your probability goes down the more you win. That's just what it comes down to. I mean, Clay's out for the year. Draymond's been dealing with some injuries. I mean, you you do have D'Angelo Russell, but I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him because they, they could look to trade him to a team like Minnesota, but I don't really know what they're going to do with him. Right now, it looks like they're going to keep him, but... I don't think that this is the end because they still have a lot of talent on this team. But right now, they've got a lot of young guys, which in the end, this could help them. Guys like Jordan Poole getting them some experience. This could help them in the end. You know, another another thing I thought about them struggling this year. You don't think the NBA would really let them win the lottery, do you? I've seen crazier things happen. Uh, David Sterling, back in the day, he had that controversial thing where he picked one of the uh, lottery balls and put one down and switched it for another one and no, he he took it he took 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 a look at it and it, it was a pretty controversial thing but I don't know I I don't think it's completely rigged but you have to question sometimes like what the deal with like how if is it rigged yeah yeah you know David Stern he was uh he was an interesting character there is the as the commissioner of the NBA for a while um, you know, I, I just kind of look at this team and I think, are they worse than the Knicks? No, no, there's not a worse situation than the Knicks. That place is the hellhole of the NBA at this, there, a article just came out today about how Anthony Davis was interested in going there, but they didn't see him in their plans. How can you have the best big man in basketball not be in your plans? That's inexcusable. Phil Jackson just completely ruined that team too, and right now they they got R.J. Barrett. He's he's gonna be a great player, but he's also a player that needs thirty five shots to be effective in a game, which is not gonna get it done. They they whiffed on Kyrie. They whiffed on KD. They I they've got some young talent, but I just I don't see a big possible future for them. They they don't have enough to be a real contender right now, and I don't know how long it's going to take. And the way that put that organization's ran, it's not looking promising. Yeah, you know, let's uh, let's jump back out to Lakerland real quick. Is Anthony Davis a Laker for life? You know, because he's been coming out in the media and making making his comments about free agency, and he's not saying that he's staying, but he also won't tell anybody that he's leaving. What's going on with him? If I had to put money on it, I think he's staying in Los Angeles. I think. What he's doing, which is smart, which is kind of like some like LeBron esque type voodoo, uh, he's not he's not just putting all his cards in one basket and just saying that he's committing somewhere and not knowing what's gonna happen. Because you know how LeBron would have those one year deals for a reason; he'd do it on purpose so he's not held held at gunpoint to a team. He's he's just keeping his options open. You, he likes his relationship with LeBron. You can tell by the way they talk to each other. I think they kind of isolate themselves from the other other teammates thinking that they're like the misfit toys. But I I think overall, I think he's in a good spot with Los Angeles, and I'm going to be curious to see how it pans out. But right now, I think he's looking to stay there. 
Is there a situation in the NBA better for him than Los Angeles? I mean, I I don't see another. Th- th- this is going to be the best fit for him because who is he playing with? Arguably the greatest player in the world, which, I mean, I don't know how you can get any better than that. Coaching-wise, they've got some weird stuff going on there with Jason Kidd trying to be the coach when he's the assistant and getting up. It's getting real weird, but right now they're in he, – Anthony Davidson is, is in a spot where he just need he needs to stay there because with the Bulls, I mean, they got some good young talent too with Kobe White, Zach Levine. They've got uh, Wendell Carter, but, I mean, it's – you still they don't have LeBron and that's really what it's going to come down to and where would you rather live in Chicago or Los Angeles that could come into a factor too but I mean I think he's liking it there in Los Angeles they're playing well so that's another thing that's going to be easy for him to want to stay as well but I think he's looking to stay can you believe he said he was asked about what where the mecca of basketball is and he said that it wasn't New York it was Chicago I mean you gotta think like who before LeBron was the greatest player on earth, or still is the greatest player ever to play the game of basketball, Michael Jordan, where yeah. did he play? The Chicago Bulls. So I think that, that that's kind of what he was intending. I mean, you can twist it whatever way you want. It was weird what he said about how if will he be staying there in Los Angeles or not. But like I said, it's one of those things where you don't want to make any commitments when you still want to keep your options open. And maybe this will help him maybe earn a little bit of money for that max deal, like knowing that it's uncertain. So maybe you want to throw more money out. If you're, if you're committing somewhere, they're going to feel comforted and not have to worry about it as much. But I think that when you keep them on their, your toes, they're going to want to attend to you more. Yeah. You know, um, good stuff there on Anthony Davis. Let's, uh, let's go across uh, Staples center and let's, let's talk about the Clippers. How about Paul George's debut tonight with the Clippers? You know, he was, he was, I think he was very effective in 24 minutes 10 of 17, 3 for 5 from the 3, uh, 33 points, 9 boards, 4 assists. He did have 5,005 turnovers, but overall, very solid game in his first game for the Clippers, right? I mean, he looked like he didn't miss a beat from that injury. Everyone was worried about how that would affect him, what it affect him shooting-wise, because as that shoulder, I think it was his right shoulder? Both shoulders. Oh, it was both shoulders, yeah. So, I mean, the people were concerned how that can affect him shooting-wise, and is this going to be a lingering injury? Is he gonna? Is it going to affect him the whole year? But I, it's only one game, so I'm not going to completely just, like, write off all these questions. But, I mean, it's looking promising. And you get him and Kawhi together, that's going to be really fun to watch, I think. It's going to be really interesting to see who's the best team in the in L.A. Yeah, you know, um, I think that will probably be the most dangerous team in the Western Conference. But I also think that during the they're not going to be a great regular season team they're just going to do a lot of load managing and it'll be very rare to see Kawhi and Paul George play on the same night um you know you're gonna want you're gonna want that though at at a certain point because I mean it I understand the load management thing but after a certain point you got to get those guys on the court together to figure out how they're how they play with each other and whatnot oh yeah I definitely I definitely agree um and I and I think um I don't know if you'll agree with me on this I, I think I would lean towards them in a seven-game series against the Lakers. Just, just right now, you know, I haven't seen, haven't seen the Clippers play together yet. But I just think, you know, one through twelve, however many guys I got on there, they're just there's a lot deeper. They're 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 a deeper team. But if if this was like some NCAA rules where it's one game, winner takes all, then I would maybe lean towards the, the Lakers because, like I said, it's not a seven-game series. But like I said, yeah, it's gonna be tough for a lot of teams to beat the 
Clippers down the road because how deep they are in the playoff runs. Yeah, you get six to seven games in, it's gonna be tough to battle them because how deep they are. No, no doubt, no doubt. You know, another other news today. Car- Carmelo An- Carmelo Anthony has a team now. What do you think? It is about time, man. He he's been my favorite, one of my favorite players for a long time, and I think he was the scapegoat out there in uh, Houston. So it's 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 good to see him back with a team. I hope hope he contributes to them in a way that I think they need him. Uh, uh, the Blazers have been struggling lately. Um, I think that's what what they need another shooter on the court, just to just go out there shoot the ball. I'm um, not too worried about too much else. I mean, he he doesn't really have any expectations either, so he can just go out there and play. I mean, at this point, it, I wasn't really expecting him to get signed with a team this early in the year. Like, I was honestly wondering if he'd ever sign with anyone again, and because another year passes, the older he gets. I mean, he's not getting any younger here. He's about 34 years old. I mean, time's ticking. Father time's on his way. But what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, I I kind of think. I'd like to think and I hope that he can be smart enough to not become a ball stopper in Portland, and I think he can do that. And if he does, he'll be a really effective team out there, you know, with Dame and CJ. They'll, they can do some things. I think they could be probably a top four team in the West if if things shake out the right way for them. They're um, they're an unselfish team, too. That That's a good thing that will help him. And it was interesting seeing a couple of interviews with him. He, he was uh, – Carmelo was talking about how he's never really – no one ever really came up to him and told him, would you want to play off the bench? So it's interesting to see how he's going to handle that role. I think he'll take it with open arms and just make the most out of his opportunity, but it was kind of interesting to hear about that as well. Yeah, you know, do you think do you think LeBron would have would have tried to get him to the Lakers, or do you think um, Rob Polinka was just telling him that's a no-go? What do you think? I don't think it really had to do with LeBron why they didn't bring him in, because at, at the end of the day, they're the Lakers, this isn't the Cavs where – the how LeBron had the Cavs by he's like like a puppet honestly I mean that's how it was he just ran the show there whatever he wanted he got LeBron did but it, it's different out here in Los Angeles I think they're more sticking to what they want to do and I think that Carmelo wasn't in their plans but I mean they're it looks like they're doing fine without him but it looks like like I said a team like the Blazers it'd be Looks like this could be a good fit for him. Yeah, you know, that was a good fit. They needed a power forward. I just kind of thought it was interesting he didn't hold out longer to kind of wait on one of those L.A. teams to, to go after him. Um, My thing was they, they, they've they had their chance to go after him, so I feel like at this at this rate, I think I think he might have saw the writing on the wall that is there going to be another chance. So I think taking what he could get was best for him. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Carmelo's old team, Houston Rockets. What do you think about James Harden to this point in the year? Is it fair or unfair to say that he may be the most overrated player in the NBA? This year is interesting for him considering the roster he has and the injuries that come along with this. Like, Eric Gordon getting hurt really does affect them, and people might not understand that as much, but Eric Gordon was a big piece of that Houston Rockets offense. Shooting the ball-wise, I mean, you got to think, Who's 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 even p- replacing his minutes? Is it uh, Austin Rivers? I'm pretty sure it's Austin Rivers that's really taking some of his minutes. Uh, Eric Gordon's and Eric Gor- er, Austin Rivers is not the player that Eric Gordon is, which is gonna, which is causing Harden to have to take more shots, which is making him look bad. But at the same time, he Harden has been taking a lot more shots recently, and I mean he's still he's still gonna get forty on, on you. He's still a great scorer, no doubt, but. I think he's a little overhyped considering how much he shoots and 
what he gets away with compared to other players. I think he does get special treatment. But then again, when you can score the ball that well, I think maybe you should get – I don't know. But what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, um, maybe this is way off base, but when I think of James Harden, it almost reminds me of Tom Brady in the NFL, you know. Um, they've, they've created some rules. The golden pre- child, yeah, pretty you know, much. The golden yeah. child, they've created a lot of rules to kind of protect a player like that. Um, and I just think – his style of play is cool for regular season basketball, but it's it's very apparent when you get to the playoffs. He, he, he that it struggles. Doesn't work. Yeah, he struggles definitely in the playoffs. When playoff time comes, he gets tired, misses a lot more shots. I mean, he's had several chances against the the Warriors in years past, t- taking them down. He didn't play as well. One year they missed, I think, what twenty three consecutive threes in a row in a game seven at home. Couldn't get it done. So I, yeah, I think that playoff series wise, he does tend to struggle more because of how many shots he takes and the how much of a load he takes yeah do you really think with him and Russ right now they're better off this year than they were last year I think they have more explosiveness and I think that Russ is still the bucket getter but he I think he's embraced this role as I'll be the number two guy I won't have the ball in my hands as much he's a real team player which I don't think he's been recognized enough for because everyone thought it was all about him back in OKC and it was kind of a unfair narrative on him but he's accepted to take the role of I'll be in the corner more I'll be off ball a little bit more instead of me running the show and he's kind of understanding that this is Harden's team and not kind of stepping on his toes which I think will help them down the road yeah you know talking about Harden and Russ could you imagine if they stayed in OKC and they were able to keep KD there, what they'd be like right now? Let's just say that uh, Warriors dynasty wouldn't be really a thing. Should we be more upset that the, the, that the cap spiked back then? Did that affect the NBA? Well, obviously, it affected the NBA, but do we think that he would have stayed in Oklahoma City? I think we'd be seeing a lot more super teams going on. I think it'd be, at that point, you'd have a, like more of a four-team type. <laughs> at that point, you might as well just have a four-team playoff at that point because that's all that would have mattered. There would have been four teams then the rest of the league. play for Everyone can play for second place. Yeah, no doubt. Let's let's talk on. Uh, let's talk about a very polarizing topic here. Maybe it's not polarizing. Maybe that's the wrong word to use for it. But um, Zion Williamson, you know, hasn't been on the court yet. He's been out with that knee injury. What do we think? Do we think this knee injury has any effect on his potential? Are we going to see the same Zion? What do you think? Well, he was balling on a budget before he, before he got hurt, which is really unfortunate because he was he was really fun to watch there in the preseason, but. I, it's tough to to see what where he's headed because of this injury. I don't know how he's gonna handle it. Like they've taken their time with like bringing him back, which is a good thing instead of like just throwing him out there not knowing really how healthy he is. But I think if he they take his time with him and he comes back and he's a hundred percent, I think he will. He'll be a productive player in the league. But I don't know if he's put up on this pedestal and I don't know if he can live up to it. But it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll still be a productive player in the league, but I don't know how effective, like, how how effective he'll be to other people's eyes. Yeah, you know, I kind of wonder if he's going to be able to continue to play with the body style that he has. I wonder if he won't find out here in a couple years, hey, I need to drop some weight or this isn't going to work. But the thing with that is that that, that's what makes him such a unique player. He's 285 pounds. He can jump through the roof, and he just runs the floor. He's quick. He can handle the ball. He's a great passer. I mean, he checks off every list that you could think of except for maybe shooting, but even there, he can hit an open three here and there. But the thing with him is he plays with so much force, 
his body can't take that. That's why these injuries are occurring. I mean, he ripped his shoe in, like, his shoe went in half right through his foot, and it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. And it's just because of how like, much force he plays with. And I think it's unique because it's never been seen before from a 285-pound dude. Yeah, do you think, you know, a guy similar similar body style to him, LeBron, do you think it's fair to say he could at one point be as good as LeBron, considering they're like, pretty Like, has the potential, comparable? or yeah. it's tough to, I mean, at this point, LeBron was already, I mean, his first game, LeBron, he, I think he had 28 points his first game in the league, so it's tough to compare the two yet, because we haven't seen Zion play, but I mean, if he can, if he can play like he did in the preseason, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him up there yet, but I think that you could see him being a Hall of Famer someday for sure. Yeah, you know, closer to LeBron James than Anthony Bennett, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> probably a better way to go at it. Man, where's he even at these days? Man, you know, he can't even make it in the league. Can't believe the Cavs took a guy like that. Um, is it too early to look at that, that Lakers-Pelicans trade and kind of see what we think about that? I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to conclusions on that yet, but I mean I am liking what I'm seeing out of Brandon. Everyone's surprised about Brandon Ingram and like what he's doing. He does take a lot of shots, but the dude can score the basketball, and that's I've never doubted that from watching him play in L.A. Um, I think just he was on a lot of bad teams, so no one really kept their eye on him. But I think that was good for the Pelicans to get him and having him with a guy like Zion. I mean I I'm a big fan of Lonzo Ball too. He's it's unfortunate that he had the ankle injury. He should be back here soon, but he was playing well before the injury. I mean, guy like Josh Hart. I mean, they got some good piece, young talent on this team. I'm curious to see how it'll go, but I think it's too early to judge if it's a busted trade yet, but I think I still like a lot of the talent on that team. Yeah, you know, do you think it's going to take a, a Lakers championship to, to justify that trade for them, or do you think they're happy with where they're at right now and they, they I mean, think they've won it? I think they win the trade because he wasn't staying there in a year regardless. Even if he would have stayed there this year with with uh, the Pelicans, he would have been gone after next year and you would have ended up with nothing. And you would have had to reboot from square one. Now you have a prodigy coming in, a guy that's been compared to LeBron. You have some excitement, some things to have the fans cheer about. And you have some a lot of young talent on that team. And I feel like if they didn't make that trade, they they really want to have anywhere to go with. Yeah, you know, I I kind of think let let's go uh, full NBA conspiracy here. Yeah. Do we think that the Pelicans were gifted that pick as kind of a? It um, was a weird coincidence after all that happened, and then them getting to land that pick. I mean, I thought it was insane because the probability of them getting that pick was I think like around five percent or like eight percent, which is insane because the Knicks had like one of the highest chances to get it. So were the Cavs. They were the the two worst teams in basketball. Then you had a Pelicans team that was a 10 seed in the West, which was on the fringe of the playoffs, getting that number one spot. Yeah, you know, I I I don't want to say that it's kind of a conspiracy, but I think they definitely that, that, have a lot it of does make you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, well, I think we covered a lot of good stuff here, no doubt. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about the Browns and Steelers game tonight. All right, and we're back. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about Brown Steelers now. Um, I'm Will. We're here with Matt, and we got a special guest in here today. We got Noah. How's it going, boys? 
All right, so I just wanted to start off and talk about tonight's game. I just can't believe how undisciplined the Browns are as a football team. Week in and week out, they continue to have the most penalties for the most yards. And I just wonder if that's just a reflection of the team not respecting or not fearing Freddie Kitchens. And if more than anything, that should be why he shouldn't be the head coach next season. Um, What do you guys think? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the button with that one about just just not fearing their coach at all. I think that... Freddie Kitchen was not ready for this job. I think they kind of just threw him in there because how they wanted to run the team, they didn't really – the head coach really doesn't have a say in this. It's his first head coaching job, so he's just going to kind of go with the flow. And I think that he was kind of thrown into this, and he's not ready for this at all. I mean, we can go back to the Bills game last week, how they had eight straight plays at, like, the one-yard line, and you couldn't score a touchdown. It was a turnover on downs. I don't know how you explain that. I mean, they did come out a lot better this week. They found a way to win in both games, but it they they played a lot better. I think Baker has looked a lot better these last two weeks. I think it's been crazy how people are are riding ship on him. Just yeah, I would not write off write him off yet, but he's been looking a little bit better, and they've been giving him a little bit more time in the pocket. I think Odell has been starting to step it up. Jarvis has been too. He's been making a presence, and I think. Kareem Hunt's been making his presence with the receiving game as well. I mean, tonight he had four ca- six catches for 46 yards. That really came into play, but yeah. You know, the thing that I find very interesting about Kareem Hunt is he was one of the more explosive running backs in the game before his his little escapade with the law or however you want to put it. And and the Browns bring him in, and, you know, he sits those eight games, takes that suspension. They They bring him back in, almost throw him on the field right away. But they're not giving him any carries. Why aren't they giving him any carries? I think that he's still on a new team, and he's still trying to find his role. I mean, he's still contributing to the team just in a different way. I think he's receiving a lot more, a lot of more balls, and I, it could be just because I mean, who's who's that top running back? Nick Chubb. He's top six running back in the league right now, and he's making a presence for himself. He's almost averaging a hundred yards a game, about a touchdown, not just about under a touchdown a game. I mean, he's he's played really well this season, Nick Chubb. Um, but I think Kareem Hunt, his carries will increase. But, I mean, it's only his second game back. I mean, they had a short week after his first week. So I think the the longer he he's with this team, I think the more carries we'll see out of him. Yeah, you know, another big thing that I kind of want to add about Kareem, and I don't have a specific stat for this, but if you notice last week when he was in the game, that he was in the game lead blocking for Nick Chubb a lot, and that was that was the majority of Nick Chubb's yards were running behind Kareem Hunt, which I just thought was really interesting um, how they kind of set up their offense that way, and I think that was something that they did very effectively, and they should continue to do something along those lines. Um, well, he also he chimed in uh, as well. He actually talked about that, him playing the fullback position. He said he'll do whatever it takes to to win, so I think that shows like how good of a teammate he is even with all the – Things that went on with him last year, I think, I mean, people make mistakes, and I think he still shows that he's a good good team player. I think it's something that they need on this Browns team, not any distractions like they already have. Yeah, another thing I found really interesting was in the first half, it seemed like whatever the Browns wanted to do, they were able to do it. And I just kind of wonder why why they took their foot off the gas in the second half, because, you know, they weren't moving the ball as well. They didn't score for a while in the second half, and it kind of seemed like it was going to be one of those games of which team wanted to lose it more. Yeah, I think they were really playing the clock instead of the team, which if it wasn't for Mason Rudolph, 
throwing four interceptions and making a lot of mistakes in this game, it could have been a different story. If you had Big Ben out there, we could be seeing a 24-21 Steelers come from behind win. But I think with this weak quarterback, they were able to get away with it. Um, it also hurt James Conner was out for the game early on. Um, no, uh, Juju, he left with a concussion. I think that really hurt them. They didn't really have many options to go to. I think James Washington led the way for them. But it, they're, they're struggling, and I think that they're a weaker team than people think. I mean, the quarterback position is a real concern for the Steelers, and I think it's starting to catch up to them. And we don't know how long Juju's going to be out for, and that could also hurt them as well. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. They, bo- they had both Juju and Deontay Johnson leave today with concussions. You kind of wonder how long they'll be out, and that'll that'll definitely affect them. Um, you know, the Browns' play calling really interest- really kind of caught my eye because it seemed like in the first half they were moving the ball, they were doing a lot of things really well, but it didn't seem like Nick Chubb was really moving the ball a whole lot. It was really kind of on the back of Baker, and I, you know, I'm not normally the biggest fan of him, but I think he did a lot of things well tonight and played the way he needed to to put his team in the position to win. Exactly. Well, I think what the Steelers did was they, they were saying – they're going to have Baker beat you in this game, not th- what uh, have Nick Chubb establish himself and open up things for Baker. They were going to say, we're going to give you the passes. You're going to beat us with your arm. And he he made some plays tonight that really helped the team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I thought it was very good to see kind of the, the distribution of the football. Um, you know, OBJ had four catches, Jarvis with four. Kareem, like you said, was six. He did a he did a really good job of kind of getting it out there, you know. And the numbers might not look like it, but he he played very well. Um, seventeen for thirty two for one ninety three, two touchdowns, no picks, um, and only one sack, which which is a good thing for that offensive line. Yeah, that's they, what I was saying. The, the offensive line had they stepped it up tonight. Yeah, another another thing, and, I, and this is really the big the big thing about the game was the the uh, takeaway battle. You know, the Browns had four interceptions, um, really picking apart Mason Rudolph, making him look kind of silly. Steelers, they just couldn't find a way to get the ball back while they were on defense. Um, so I think what really got to them was they they were getting pressure on the quarterback. It felt like every play that they were about to get it sacked. I think they they sacked him four times, but there's a lot of quarterback hurries, um, quarterback knocks. They they were getting to him, and they they the defense really was trying to prove a point tonight, and they they did that. Yeah, you know, it uh, it almost kind of seemed, I don't, and I don't want to go this way, but it almost kind of seemed like the Browns were headhunting tonight, you know. Made a lot of, and a lot of Steelers leave with concussions tonight. Um, I think really. a lot of those weren't intentional. I mean, the one with uh, Demarius Randall, I think that was, it didn't look too great. Um, we don't even have to get into the Miles Garrett thing yet, but there's that a whole ordeal. I, I mean, injuries like that happen in football, concussion-wise, and I don't think that, for the most part, that was intentional. Yeah, no doubt. I don't. I don't think it really was either. It just kind of, you know, it seemed to be. Interesting. It, it, it did look bad. Yeah, it, it was definitely a bad look. Um, you know, what do you think? All right. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's kind of kind of good. Uh, we got Noah in here, and you know, he'll chime in his opinion every once in a while. Um, but you know, kind of the main event tonight, actually, if you really want to talk about it, and I, I didn't plan on getting to it this quick. Um, what the hell happened at the end of that game? So we don't know what was said, and we may never know what was said. But what Miles Garrett did, I mean, I don't agree. I don't agree with him tackling Mason Rudolph at the end of that play. It was a little unnecessary, but it wasn't terrible. And I think that 
Mason Rudolph might have instigated it, but Miles Garrett took it to that whole other level that should not have been crossed by through swinging a helmet at someone, just putting someone's like life in danger. That could have been a lot worse. It connected with him too, which made it a lot worse. He it really hurt his team. It was a selfish thing to do. I mean, he's going to be suspended at least four games. It's going to really piss off the Steelers. I mean, they're they're going to play them here in two weeks, and I I think that that they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I expect Mason Rudolph to play a lot better the next time they play it too with a point to prove yeah you know if he uh, isn't out with a concussion you know he took that took that helmet pretty hard <laughs> um you know i just kind of can't believe out of all brown's defensive players that it was miles garrett you'd think you know big time defensive end you know one of the better ones in the league that he would be smart enough not to you know kind of get caught in that and really put his team in jeopardy well, like we said, I don't know what was said because he, for the most part, I mean, he does lead the league in roughing the passers and personal foul penalties, I think, just total. Um, so, I mean, he's been known for some extracurricular stuff, but, like, not to an extent where he's a dirty player by any means. He's not in Dominican Sioux. But at the same time, I, it, like I said, I didn't see that coming from him, like, to go to that extent. So I wonder if something was said that may never be put on tape that so we might not know what was it it's a he said she said type thing but I don't know I think that I think it was overall he crossed the line he affected his team overall because he's easily the best defensive player on that team and he's gonna be out it's probably I'm he's gonna be out four games I'm sure yeah you know big fine to pay that's that's a big thing because he's he's trying to make a play at the end of you know, I don't want to call it a meaningless game, but the game is out of reach. You know, as the last twenty seconds of the game, what are you proving? I mean, I don't even know why he's. I mean, I guess I know why he's on the field, but I mean, the teams are basically walking off the field. It was really unnecessary. All he had to do was just walk away. Like he he should know in that situation that we already won the games out of hand. I'm putting my team in like jeopardy at this point. And that's the thing. You you would think, obviously, you know, you're going full go until till the end of the game, you know, and all that. But in the back of your mind, you also got to think, I, I can't do something to jeopardize my team. And, you know, and he did that. And that's, you know, there's not a whole lot you can really say. I guess we'll, we'll, maybe we'll find out in the next couple of days. Maybe we won't. Another another uh, key loss there for, for the Browns was Larry Ogunjobi. He, uh, he got ejected from the game for, for – uh, giving Mason Rudolph a little love tap, we'll say. Um, yeah, he and he, and he could miss some time, too. We don't know how far the NFL is going to go on that because it really really turned into uh, Mason Rudolph being a rag doll there. And uh, <laughs> we'll just kind of see what they really think about quarterbacks here after they uh, kind of rule on that. Yeah, I mean, he Mason Rudolph took a lot of L's tonight. He got pulled up by Miles Garrett like a kettlebell. Um, but then after that, getting hit stick by uh, – what's his name? Uh, Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi, yeah. So, I mean, after that, I mean, it, it was a bad look for Rudolph as well. Kind of, He's kind of chirping, especially after throwing four interceptions. You got to know your place that you you lost the game. Just you don't really want to make a scene there. I mean, overall, I don't – it overall wasn't his fault, but I feel like he did instigate some things there. He should have just, like, kept his mouth shut and just – Yeah, that's one of those situations. The, uh, the testosterone was running really high and both guys – I would hope would look at that tape later and really regret what they were doing. This also goes back to Freddie Kitchens and how he disciplines his players because, like I said, I don't think – you never see this with Belichick. That's all I'm saying. The guys like Belichick, they, their players don't act out of line like that. Freddie Kitchen, I think he still is letting his team run loose. There's a lot of talent on this team, so it hides his mistakes sometimes, which was exposed early in the season. For the teams he's played, they played the Patriots – 
Rams, other several other good teams that they he was exposed, he was out coached, and I think that I think that they don't respect him as a coach and like they do with like a guy like Belichick. Yeah, you know we'll kind of uh, try to jump away from this topic here. Um, we'll, we'll kind of look ahead. You know, we'll see what the what the Browns got going on um, coming up. You know, they got they got Miami next week. That looks like that ought to be a W. Um, shouldn't even really be that much of a contest, really. What do you think? Yeah, they they should handle business against Miami next week. Um, as long as they don't look ahead to that Pittsburgh game, which I mean, Miami they at this point they're they're playing they're tanking for Tua still or whoever it is at this point, but. I, I don't see it being a competitive game. I think that it'll set up a good matchup with Pittsburgh the following week, which should be an interesting game. Yeah, that'll definitely be something there at Heinz Field. You know, and you you kind of said tank for tank for Tua there. You know, if it were me, I'd tank for Joe Burrow, but that that's a topic for another conversation. God, you're not telling that to me. That's what the that's what the Dolphins fans are saying these days. Still, they they still got that that fascination for them. Yeah, no doubt. What what realistically do we think the Browns can finish with record wise this year? So I, this is what my prediction was with them at the beginning of the year, and I'm still sticking with it. I got them at nine and seven. Um, I think that they're gonna they're gonna handle Miami. Uh, they're a better team than Pittsburgh, and I still think that Mason Rudolph is still not that great of a quarterback. And I still think that they're gonna have some issues. Well, I don't know how long Juju's gonna be out for. James Conner, I mean, he's still gonna be out. I, it looks like he could. I don't know for how long in length of time. But if he's out, I mean, I see the Browns. They have they have more talent on their roster. I think that they can handle them. Pittsburgh again. Then they got Cincinnati the following week, and that's that's a high school team. So that should be another win. And then Arizona. That's a, that's an interesting matchup. Um, Kyler Murray's been starting to play really well here late, starting to figure things out. But uh, I it's a coin flip. I think they can handle them. But I think Baltimore is going to get them that following second to last game. Um, Lamar. Lamar Jackson just has been on another level this year. Like, he could make an argument for MVP the way he's just been putting up stats. And then I think they're going to finish it out with a win against Cincinnati. So I got nine and seven. Yeah, you know, you I think I think nine and seven is definitely within the realm of possibility. I really, honestly, it's like you said. I don't see any of those teams really, really playing better than them other than Baltimore. I just think Baltimore's on another level. They clipped Baltimore before, and and I just don't think that Baltimore is going to let that happen again. It also took about three hundred rushing yards from Nick Chubb and about four touchdowns. <laughs> it's pretty nice for my fantasy team that week. <laughs> yeah, Nick Chubb definitely on another level that week. Um, okay, well, you know we're not going to go full Browns here. We got to talk about the Steelers a little bit too. That you know the opponent there. Um, looking ahead for the Steelers, they've got Cincinnati next week. That ought to be an easy W. We talked about Cleveland. You know, I think that'll be an L. They got Arizona coming up. I think I think they can handle Arizona. I think that I think they I I think they are a better team than Arizona, but it'll just depend on how well Kyler Murray. I think this is more of a Kyler it's Kyler Murray's game to lose than it is for anything else because if he goes out there and plays well, I think that'll be enough because Mason Rudolph I don't think has the arm and the firepower to lead them to a high scoring game like that especially with uh cliff uh kingsbury's uh offense yeah you know rudolph he uh he is captain check down <laughs> um and you know and i wonder about that buffalo game they got coming up on uh december 15th because i really don't know how good that buffalo team is you know they're six and three right now the browns played them really close beat them and i, and I don't want to take anything away from that browns game but i just wonder how good really is that buffalo team Josh Allen, I think he's a lot better than people were thinking at coming out of Wyoming. Um, 
But yeah, they still they, defensively they're one of the best. Uh, they have got one of the best secondaries in the league. Uh, offense offense wise, they still got players like John Brown. Um, but they they do lack a little bit at the running back position and just offensively, uh, like weapon wise. But I think that I th- I see the Steelers taking Buffalo in that one. And then the, you know they go to uh, New York to play the Jets. I I think they'll do it. There's gonna be a lot of ghosts game. being seen in that game. I got I got the Steelers big in that one. Yeah, you know I think Mika Fitzpatrick will really really do some things in that game and uh, make Sam Darnold see some stuff. And then they finish out with Baltimore, and you know like we said, we don't think that the Browns can beat Baltimore there in that that game, and I certainly don't think the Steelers can get them in that game. Um, Lamar just does too many things too well, and especially when they're ahead in the game, they just. Their running game is killer. They've they've got weapons and people I think are overlooking that. They've got Mark Andrews, great tight end. Uh, Mark Ingram, great running back. They've been really utilizing him. The reincarnation of RG three's been uh, brought to life with the with the option game. Uh, then they got Mar- Marquise Brown. He's been starting to get healthy. Yeah, so they're they're looking promising. And defensively, we're not even talking about that. Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters has been he's been on one too. Yeah, you know, that uh I just don't know about that Steelers team. That's something about them. They're very uh very up and down. Um I think a lot of it has to do with their injuries. That's really made them really inconsistent. That's which isn't which is hard to gauge on that, which makes them like really unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we said we were gonna talk about the Browns and Steelers, um, in this in this portion of the episode. Um, is there is there a game that you're looking forward to this weekend that kind of stands out more than any others, or is this just kind of going to be an average weekend where you just sit on the couch and watch football all day? Um, so that New England and Philadelphia games really caught my eye. I think that Philadelphia this is this could be a real big statement game for them, especially with the NFC East still wide open. I think that if they win a game like this, it's a huge momentum swing for them because they've really underperformed this year. They were honestly one of my they were one of my teams to go to the Super Bowl, and they're not really looking that way. But I mean, they they still got some chances there. But I don't know. Yeah, you know, another game that I see there, the one o'clock slot is uh, Houston at Baltimore, and you know, I'm trying not to ride that Lamar Jackson hype train too far, but that's that's going to be a high scoring game, I think. I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Lots of touchdowns found for both teams in that one. Yeah, not a whole lot of defense there in that one, you know. And, and my team, the Cowboys, we're going we're going to Detroit. You know, that'll be. That'll be something. Um, I think it'll be good. You know, they played the Vikings really close. Um, Should have beat them. Yeah, um, yeah you're, you're in luck that Matt Stafford hasn't won a big game since, like, 2012. So Yeah, you know, we also said that about Kirk Cousins, and he got that done at Jerry's World. So <laughs> it's a tough thing with the Cowboys, but I think they'll they'll write the shit yeah, this they'll, week. They'll handle business, and they'll, they'll win by two touchdowns. No doubt. Well, you know, um, like I like to say at the end of every episode, we covered a lot of good stuff. Um and I don't really see a whole lot more for us to cover right here. So um, that'll be the end of this episode, and we'll catch you guys next time.